I am serious. I'm taking it slightly more serious than I normally do. <laughs> Why? Because I, I like it. Because <laughs> I have a sound <laughs> devices recorder. Yeah, and you got a headphones. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, this is Pals with Bill Wadman, and today we have my good friend and portrait photographer extraordinaire. Thank you, Matt Carr. Nice to see you. You people always there's a running joke on on, on taking pictures that I'm the fancy portrait photographer. You? Yeah. Okay. But that's actually a joke because you actually are a fancy portrait photographer. I'm not a fancy portrait photographer. I take pictures of fancy people. Oh. It's a different thing. You think there's a distinction? Well, if you look at my feed, there's a bunch of non-fancy people too, so. It's true. And if I said I was only a fancy people, then no one would hire me for anything else. Oh, you think that's the truth? I'd work that's even case. less. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do, do, do you, you have in the past and currently taken pictures of fancy people yeah easier or harder than normal people uh easier to impress people with it because you can take a bad picture of a fancy person and people are like oh my god it's so and so yeah and if it's just a straight up portrait you know i can a b it you know on social medias and, and you can see like how much how many people are like what's his face who you know versus what's his face you don't know yeah and it's almost exactly the same picture so I, I got took, that. I took a picture once of somebody that somebody, some art director person thought was Gwyneth Paltrow in the picture. Mm. And they're like, oh, is that Gwyneth Paltrow? And it's like, say no. Yes. And they were like, I always say yes. Always say yes. Yeah, Whatever you sure. think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My whole portfolio is nothing but celebrities because people <laughs> project it. Oh, this, you got a great picture of like, you know, Brad Pitt. So I've got no picture of Brad Pitt. It's like, right. Oh, thank you. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. But they it, just, it doesn't make it, it doesn't help you at all to deny. No, well, I mean, it depends on that. I don't always do that, but it's, yeah. It's, I don't want to disappoint people sometimes. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, on one side, it gets a lot of attention because it's exciting. People like it. And I, you know, some of them are very good pictures that I like a lot. Uh, but also people can be like, oh, he does celebrities who doesn't do this. Yeah. You know, I've been at agencies where they see the book and they're like, oh, well, we, we shoot regular people. Well, so do I. I can shoot regular people. You know, too. half of this book is regular people, but you you projected that they're they're that they're fancy people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, or you, they think I'm too expensive, which is not helpful either. Right. I mean, I can be too expensive if you have the money, <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't, I I can fit a budget. It's interesting that you know you and I met because we bumped into each other at at my favorite corner diner. Yes, and you were carrying the largest camera that that was ever made. Yes. <laughs> was I carrying the Pentax at the time? Yeah. Okay. That was your walk around camera. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's why my arms look so big. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, and you were sitting at the counter and, 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 and the Rini behind the counter made some comment about the pictures that were on the wall that I had taken. And you go, this oh, is your projection. This is uh, totally exactly what happened. Wait, I don't remember this part. Really? You, you brought him up at that. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Rini said something. Rini said, oh, Bill somebody said something about the pictures and then you said oh you're a photographer and i said yeah i, I guess that by the camera <laughs> by the giant oh maybe that's format. what it was yeah i think we talked about that later okay well i hope i had a good response what was my response uh well my 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 thing that i you gave me your card mm -hmm. which i don't do you still give cards out i'm this amazed was i few had years one ago. with me i must yeah. have had my bag yeah yeah you gave me a card and i went home 
and I looked you up and I realized that I had a picture of yours in my sort of inspiration folder. Jeff Goldblum. A yeah. picture of Jeff, Go Jeff Goldblum, mm -hmm. which you've since, I've seen multiple times processed completely differently. Well, uh, yeah. Well, how long ago is that? The one that I have is very dark. Yeah. The first version was very ghoulish. Yes. Kind of greenish. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. It was kind of the first time I ever had a, a retoucher who was this goth dude, a friend of mine who worked at Getty. I think he's still there. But I, I asked him, he did some retouching, asked him to, to do something with it. And he just took it into this like heavy, dark, greenish. Right. Very cool. And for, I, I didn't show that picture for four, three or four years. Because it wasn't my style. It's just kind of, it was so extreme. Too ghoulish. Yeah. But yeah. then I threw it out there and people like ate it up. Sure. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then later I, I softened it up. Yeah. Yeah. What I kind of find fascinating about the fact that you and I have been friends for a few years now, even though, and admittedly, you are fancier than me, as we've pointed out <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, but, I, I like to see the... Uh, but we tend to stand on similar corners in our work. Mm -hmm. And yet, I don't feel a lot of competition with you. You know no. what I'm saying? Well, well because uh, I, I don't. Yeah. Well, because you're fancy. No, I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not really that competitive. I, but there are, there are people out there who would be look at you and I and say, how can you guys be friends? You do the same kind of work. You're trying to get the same kind of jobs. Yeah, we've never been up for the same thing. Though, right, so, that's you know, the thing. You do very different things <clears throat> Yeah, different people. And yeah. yeah but, I, but I think it's nice because it's like somebody who, who is not, you're, 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 and forgive me, <laughs> but, but you're not Mark Seliger where I can look at you and be like, oh my God, I'm so intimidated by no. Matt. But you're also not somebody who- Not anymore. That's Not that's anymore. Faded, that's worn, yes, worn off. That's, yeah. <laughs> But I'm also not, uh, I also respect you very highly. Oh, thank you. And so it's interesting to me to actually have a friend who I can respect and talk to about stuff that yeah. I actually get real answers for. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm famous for the real answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of photographers. It's just, it's the ones that are uh, either up their own butts or, you know, phonies that I can't, just can't stand. I've, yeah. I've made a point to meet a lot of different people. And uh, there's some, a lot of phonies. Some are great. Yeah. Some are just, you know, I don't know how to put it nicely, but, you know, it's sure. just you're projecting some claim to fame, which they don't have. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. people say, I don't, I don't use Photoshop, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah you do. <laughs> yeah. I was watching, yeah. I was, I saw some sort of Instagram story or something last night where a, uh, it was like some guy who said, wedding photography, natural light is out. On-camera flash is the new thing. Yeah. And everyone's doing flash now. I'm like, okay, can everyone just calm down? Yes. Like yes. you can do good work with flash. You could do good work with natural light. It's, yeah. If you think that this is all a big trend that you're following, like you own a rotor rooter truck, we got a big problem. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? <laughs> or if you say you, natural light's the only way to go, it just means they don't know how to use the flash. Exactly. That's, 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 yeah. that's fine. Yeah. If yeah. you just say, I, just, I don't know how to do it, it's okay. How'd you, you learn, learn how to do what you do? On the job training, when yeah. I went to photojournalism school. We had one studio class, but that was, you know, it was very limited studio, very limited limited time. And by the time I actually got to using real lights, it yeah. had been year. It was like years later, so I had long enough to forget what I what I learned, and so a lot of it was just on the job training. And did you feel like in photojournalism class, more theory 
Were you looking at what other people had done in the past? What, 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 what were you learning? Uh, that's a good question. What was I learning? It's just really the basics. You yeah. know, it's kind of, well, I had to tell a story, obviously. It was photojournalism. Journalism in itself is a very small major because yeah. they want you to be well-rounded. Mm -hmm. So like the, if, I don't know if you remember the, the point system was like 33 is it points or credits, whatever. Yeah. And then there was like almost a hundred of everything else. Yeah. So we had, there was like, we had a law class that was, you know, all about you know, how not to get sued, basically. Yeah. And uh, just a mess of, you know, photo one, photo two, telling stories, portfolio class, you know, that sort of thing. Were but, you a star of your of your school? Uh, in, a, in a way, only that I got a job at the local newspaper in my last year. Okay. And that was, that was kind of surprising for everyone. Right. <laughs> right. Including myself. But mostly because I was super poor and I was living... Uh, in this, in like the far side of town, Muncie, Indiana, in this, this really poor neighborhood. And there's a family of three generations in the same two bedroom kind of shape apartment that we had upstairs. There's a, there's a dad is just obese guy with, um, on an oxygen tank. Okay. Chain smoking. <laughs> he's right under my bedroom and there's, you know, a bunch of death trap. Yeah. Different, different <laughs> level of kids and they're all hard of hearing. So there's a lot of screaming going on and there's just a cockroach infested house and we would we would spray upstairs. They'd go downstairs. They'd spray. They'd come upstairs. Anyways, I one time I took a picture of somebody in the of the family. Like I talked my way in you know, silver time, and got some portraits. And I brought them prints, and they were happy to have the prints. And then they kind of let me in their world a little bit more. Yeah. And so I just it's amazing did, how much a print can do. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So I basically I got kind of a a good series of of poverty in America just from my downstairs neighbors, which kind of opened the door to other things. And then went, so I went to the newspaper to try to get this job and they, I had that. And it was like a powerful series. The rest of my stuff was kind of, you know, standard sports cheese ball stuff. Yeah, what did they end up sending you on? What kind of jobs? No, it was just everything newspapers. It was like, it was Indiana, so there's two basketball games a night. Sure. In different areas of town. And the, the newspaper, there was two editions, the morning edition and the evening edition. Muncie. It's crazy to think that there was two editions yeah. of a local paper in Indiana. Yeah, Muncie. Once you, well, it was a pretty big town. It's 20,000 people, 40 with Ball State in session. Yeah. Kind of thing. So Muncie, Morning Star and the Evening Press. So you'd go to a basketball game, you'd have to get two images for each paper to choose okay. from. And you had, because, you know, it's all in the country, so you're, you're driving half an hour to go to this one basketball game, and then you got to get that shot and done. Well, not done, but then you got to drive 40 minutes to the next place and, and shoot that before it ends. Yeah. And get something. And then go back and process it by eight o'clock or whatever it was. So we, you know, do that. And it was it was a good lesson in like getting stuff done. Stuff done. It was just just constant. That and the, the longer stories that you might have some little more time with their portraits. Just a good bit. You got to get a shot. You got to get something. There's yeah. a whole. There's a square in the newspaper waiting for an image. Yeah. I mean, one time I remember it's all triax pushed to thirty two hundred in these dark gyms. Yeah, you know, one one like lights coming from the ceiling. So you'd try to push three stops. Yeah, you'd wait for the you wait for the basketball some, some some kid to look up at the net, and then they would get some light on their face. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. And uh, a few times I had like you know paint like an eyeball <laughs> with yeah. a spot tone because it's just so dark. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was kind of it was it was every every one of the photographers there taught me how to how to develop my negatives. I mean, I already knew how to do it. But yeah. each one of them like took me under their wing and showed me their way of doing it. Exactly. Which was different from each other? Yeah, generally slightly different. 
do, yeah. do, did you choose one process over the other? No, I just, well, I don't remember years ago. I took whatever worked, you know, but it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff you don't know. You go to school and everything's in a con controlled environment roughly, but then you go and suddenly you're shooting that same film in this dark gym and you're working with different chemicals. And so it was, it was, it was a good learning experience. It was kind of. How often did they run something that you thought was terrible? Had to have of, happened. Of mine? Yeah. Did they ever, did you ever come up back with something and you're like, this is, this is the best I've got, but this Probably is Probably first awful. year of it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, know. really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was learning on the job, but sometimes, sure. sometimes I brought in stuff that was just good enough. But, yeah. you know, it's, it wasn't the New York Times. It wasn't, you know, you could get by with an image. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And I was always doing the, like, you know, Christmas, I was a little, little guy. So I would. I would stick around and get some what they call it, enterprise, you know, an image of somebody doing something mm -hmm. on Christmas Day. So they just have a hole in the paper for something uh, sure. to drive around Christmas Day looking for, please, somebody play basketball, do anything. Yeah. Shovel snow. I'll go ahead and take a picture. But yeah, th those are always fun ones where they, you got four hours or three hours. Go get an image, bring it back, develop it, scan it, and uh, yeah. or print it. Yeah, we're going to print at noon. It's 8 a.m. Yeah. But then yeah. two hours later, you go down to the, the, the press and pick up the newspaper and there's your image. It's like, Satisfying. Pretty exciting, yeah. Instant gratification. Yeah. Versus now when you and I do something for a periodical or a magazine and then yeah. three months later, it finally comes out. Right. Or Six the, months later, you finally get paid. Or a book, exactly. <laughs> or a book where it's like, wow, it's, it's going to take forever. Yeah, yeah. Or some yeah. things you just never see. You know. Now, you, you were a local kid, went to a local school, worked at a local job. What, what got you out of there? Uh, well, I'm local though, at least like five hours away from. Yeah. 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 yeah but, uh, got me out. Uh, I minored in religious studies. So I, I took an internship, well, well, pseudo internship at a Presbyterian church camp in Alaska. Really? Yeah. Were you really religious as a kid? No. Uh, well, I went to Catholic school. Okay. So that doesn't mean you're religious. So the religious studies was more about just comparative religion kind of thing. Yeah. It was more after 12 years ago. 12 years of Catholic school saying like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And um, so I did that. Yeah, it was just fascinating. It's always interesting to sure. see why people get into stuff. Uh, but I thought, yeah, that's my ticket out of there, out of Indiana. I was like, I'll just go to Alaska. And I applied to every newspaper in Alaska. All six of them. Yeah. It was like <laughs> a little bit more than that, but some of them were just like one guy in yeah, the room. And, sure. you know. I don't need you. I shoot my own stuff. Yeah. It was, it was embarrassing. But... <laughs> I was offered freelance at the Juno paper. Okay. Uh, but it was by the time. Juno's it, pretty isolated. Despite being the capital, it's incredibly isolated. Is, is Juno the capital? Is that Anchorage? No, Anchorage right. is, it's Juno. Oh, okay. That's the weird that's thing. Pretty Anchorage small is, town. that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I knew, a, I knew somebody from there. Yeah. Once I said, man, you grow up. And they're, they're uh, 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 sort of uh, non-binary and, and. And it's, it's like, wow, that no. must have been an interesting you know, Alaska, place to yeah. grow up. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, Alaska. It's a good time. I had a friend who grew up there and moved to Seattle. And people, all her friends, she said, in like high school, we always ask, like, what, what, do, what do you eat up there? Where do you live? And, and she'd say, what do we eat? We eat nothing but snow cones. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like, what do you think we eat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, by the time I finished with a camp and that classic Matt Carr style, I went up there. I only had enough money to get myself there. <laughs> And I couldn't, and no money to get home. <laughs> okay. So after the, the camp thing, it was just two months, which is really cool. We got, we trained in Juneau, and then it was 20 of us, CVIMS, Southeast Alaskans Volunteers in Motion. So technically okay. I was a missionary. 
Um, and then we flew all over the, the, the lower panhandle. We went to Yakutat, the top. Yeah. Went to like a, was spent a week in logging, in a logging camp, which is pretty cool. And then um, to various other places like Black, uh, uh, oh, so, I say Suka, something yeah. like that. It's island with the largest population of black bears in the world. Was was this intimidating? Was it exciting? It was was exciting. it scary? It was exciting, kind of a little bit scary. I never worked with kids before. They, you know, they had a very short training thing on like how to, you know, what we do. I didn't know any of the songs because I went to Catholic school and was Protestant. Like I have all this kind of singing, songy. Yeah, better you know. good songs. Good songs, exactly. <laughs> God said to Noah, "Build me an arky arky." Yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, it was, it was, it was a, and I did, I actually thought I was just going to be a camp counselor. I didn't realize I was going to be teaching the Bible directly yeah, oh, <laughs> until yeah, I got yeah. there. I was like, oh, okay. But uh, to be to be fair to me, I, I taught the Bible and I, I just spoke about like Buddha and Hinduism. Like, I, sure. I, you spread it out. I went off. You weren't supposed to. I went off script quite a bit, yeah. You're, but, uh, <laughs> anybody ever find out about that? They, they were pretty, the, the, the organizers are pretty loosey-goosey. Okay. There's a couple gay people in our group, which was you know, unheard of at in the, the time, church, sure. you know, imagine like my partner was, was a gay guy and he had a real hard time with the church. Cause like the church doesn't accept me for who I am. Yeah. It's like, I got you. And one of them in every place we went to were under the lead of some pastor guy. And I remember yeah. the guy in Yakutat was just, he was probably Trumpy now, but he was very like anti-gay and anti-everything and whatever. Uh, so he's, did he know your partner anti- was gay? Uh, well, he probably, he could miss it. Guy yeah, like that. sure. In New York City, you'd be like, yeah. Guy. But um, yeah, it was, it was a tough, <laughs> t- tough road for that guy and for everybody. I, I hated, you know, the way that some of those guys treated him and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you had a camera with you at the time, the whole, t- the whole time. Yeah, I took it. very few pictures. I really? had a slide film. Yeah. It was just kind of. Do you feel was, now that that was a missed opportunity? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I took some like scenics and stuff. I wasn't really that big into like taking portraits yeah. at that time. I was probably too intimidated. And then after after I finished that, I'd worked at a cannery for two months to make money to get back. And then I took almost no pictures. I had a guitar with me. I almost didn't play that at all. My now, hands were cannery. My these claws. are the places people end up getting their arms chopped off and all yeah. kinds of terrible stuff. I mean, was it was that harrowing? Uh, not no. I was on the slime line. Uh, it was just you know, it was like two hundred people in a room wearing hairnets and. Uh, either college students or uh, but uh, there's a lot of Filipino people there. They would go to California to, to work the season and then move up to Alaska and then back. And <clears throat> the only harrowing part was <coughs> I mean, one guy, the guy across from me, we were at the end of the slime line. So if if the 10 other people didn't pick up their slack, we would just have this mountains of fish that were going really fast. Yeah. And I'm from Indiana. I don't know how to cut fish. I was just watching the guy next to me. Yeah. Do you have a <clears throat> chainmail glove on in that whole thing? No, it's rubber gloves. Okay. Yeah, rubber suit. <coughs> it was, it's, you know, it's just minimal. Real waves. dangerous. <laughs> they, yeah. The only time that got a little scary was the, the guy across from me. Real nice guy. Just He just lost it just from the amount of fish and <laughs> just the drudgery. And just looked at him and he's just had this crazy look in his eye and just grabbed a fish and just like threw it across. And he did something else. He came back later with like a weapon or something. But... That was that was the weirdest part. But, aside but you made your money and got home. Then they gave me a check for two thousand dollars, which in nineteen ninety two was good money. Yeah. But I had, I didn't have a bank account, so I couldn't cash it. So I had to borrow money to get home. <laughs> and then I'm in Seattle with a, this two thousand dollar check, trying to get that cashed, and no one wants to cash it. 
And then I went to a guitar store and they had a, this beautiful Telecaster for exactly the amount of money I had, which is very close. It's hard to hard to say no. But. You still have it? No, I didn't get it. I, oh, I, you yeah, could have done it. I could didn't. I still had. I don't. I just had a check. Then okay. Yeah. But it's like oh, it said. I'll uh, sign this check over to Guitar Center. <laughs> yeah. that. It said Guitar. Never Guitar Center. It said uh, smoothest molasses, same color too. I remember that. It's beautiful. Anyways, so you ended up back in Indiana. Uh, I went to Tucson, Arizona. I took the train from Washington to Tucson to visit my brother yeah. for a couple of weeks. And then back through Texas on the Amtrak to Indiana. Bought a car and started working on the newspaper. That's a hell of a trip back on the on the Amtrak. Yeah, I took you, the Amtrak you went through some really too. interesting places. Yeah, I took the Amtrak from Chicago across. That was beautiful through the Rockies. So that, what is it, three days or something to get across? I like that. And then I took a ferry boat from Bellingham, Washington up to um, Juneau which is two days, I think. It's pretty cool. And uh, worthwhile doing that train trip? I've always considered it. Yeah. yeah. It's better when you're 22 than when you're 40-something. You can have your Jack <laughs> Kerouac copy or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you get back, you you buy the eponymous car. That, yes, that you're wheat-colored Ford Escort. Really? Wheat. It's like camouflage in Indiana. Oh, that's no it's good. very good, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was sexy. Uh, uh, you started working for the newspaper again? Uh, different newspaper. Different newspaper. South Bend Tribune. Freelance. Okay. Yeah, the photo editor. I'm still friends with David Cooper. Um, and this is the mid-90s when you could have a job in a newspaper and make a living. Yeah. Well, in Indiana, yeah. It was, it was freelance. A full day was $65. Ooh. Half day was 35 Okay. And uh, But I would come in at, on Sunday and Monday nights to do lab work because they had the further afield, reporters would take their own pictures, and they had a runner who would collect the um, the film and bring it in and put it in a big but big box, and I would develop it. And we had you'd be hand developing all this film. You think they'd have no, a machine? They had a machine. They had a machine. Okay, yeah, feed the machine. It's all color, and then you would we would print the color prints. Yep. And we had a a, um, a laser called the drum scan. Yep. And but then we'd scan the black and white for some reason. Okay. So we had three black and whites. Three scanners, leaf desk, AP leaf yeah. desk, and then uh, two color machines. So I would bring in all the film, do the edit, and then I would just basically run around printing and scanning all of it. Just try to get done as quickly as possible because yeah. it was, you know, just your time. Yeah. And that was $35. It's interesting that we think about the time of the post-computer, pre-digital photography, <laughs> photography world. They sort of... We're shooting analog, but we're scanning in and we're using that as sort of this. There's people of our generation who think of it as this, these halcyon days of the good old days when we shot yeah, film. It's and, a romantic. You know, yeah. Yeah. When that was probably only 15 years there. Yeah. Or so that that actually was that way. Probably oh, late. Oh, yeah. Late 80s scanning. to, you know, early aughts, you yeah. know, is, is probably the time period where that was the way it was. Well, I remember the 92 or 93. 90, yeah, I think somewhere around 1993 is when the AP Leaf Desk came in, the early version for newspapers, which was just a job killer. There was that that ended my career there because there was I think five or six photographers and two of them just did color printing, and I think they just carved a little niche for themselves. Yep, and so they went up to take pictures. So they were they were the accurate color people, which I mean they were certainly much better than I was. But once the AP Leaf Desk came in, don't have to print color anymore. And yeah. so those guys had to go back to taking pictures and, you know, two and a half people had to go. And that was, yeah. that was the, 
one of those people. The beginning of the shrinking of the industry, right? Yes. There. So that yeah. was, it was good and bad. I mean, it was bad, but it was, you know, also freed me up to get out. I, you know, I'd hate to think I was still there. How long did you do that before you went? Did you go to Czech Republic after that? Uh, I was in, well, I did the newspaper until that, that job kind of fell apart. Like the first uh, my summer after I graduated and then to Alaska, I came back. Then I worked in South Bend for two years. And then a friend who was in Germany uh, called up and I was talking to her and she's like, oh, my tickets are $400 to, to come to Europe. And I never thought about like afford to go to Europe. So one way ticket again? I think it was a round trip. I just okay. didn't use it. But I was like, I, I got $400. So I just packed up everything and uh, put my portfolio in the case. Was it that flippant? Absolutely, yeah. Why, why her? Were, were you into, was it, would you have a relationship with this girl or was it No, she's actually yours? a terrible person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I dated her briefly in college and she's a very argumentative and contrarian. So was it really only just, oh, here's a chance to go to Europe and I know somebody there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was all right. We were okay friends at that point. It was only when I got there and I was like, wow, I remember all the, all the unpleasantries. Yeah. But, you know, it was, a, it was a good way to get there. Yeah. I just never thought of, you know, we never had money growing up. So I didn't think like, oh, just, I'll go to Europe. Yeah, sure. So, and I knew uh, through a, a friend of a friend, somebody at the Prague Post in Czech Republic. Okay. So that was the, that was the key that, that got me to, to stay. And this was, I mean, this was when... Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic was still Czechoslovakia at the time, wasn't no, it? That, it changed split up? Uh, that changed in 92. Oh, was it that early? Yeah. Okay. And in 94, <clears throat> things were still wacky and kind of slowly changing into whatever it is now. So there was some, it was a... Definitely a place in transition though. Yeah, it was very cool. It was still crusty and broken and, you know... Remnants of the old days and new yeah. capitalist stuff popping up. Computers broken and no one speaks English. Yeah, yeah. Crazy things happening. Is so. How did you fall into that? You're Slightly. coming from a, a Midwestern, all <laughs> yeah. you know, religious corn, studies corn, corn thing, dropping <laughs> into a place where the world had just ended and rebooted, basically. Uh, well, my answer to that was, I've come to realize is that I've uh, felt out of place everywhere I've been my whole life. So if you're in a place that's also feels out of place. It can be kind of comforting. Okay. Or no one else seems to know what they're doing either. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this place is as fucked up as I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that was that was good. And it was also my, it was like my college experience. Because during college, I I was just, just struggling along just, just to make ends meet. And uh, and that was probably the first time I was you know, doing some work. It was, it was getting better at what I was doing. And I actually had some some money I could go out and go have a beer with friends and stuff. And that yeah. was like a... A huge thing for me. And so it was, think, was it the rare time, though, that being an American actually helped your career? Of course, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it helped being there because they, they didn't care about the Americans. They, they were more worried about people coming from the East kind of thing. Sure. So I was, um, you know, wasn't fully legal for most of the time there. I, I spent, I, w I did get my papers at one point, but it just it didn't seem to change anything. You know, it was really hard to do. Were you getting paid under the table and stuff or? Everyone is just being paid normally to a bank account there. And yeah. No one seemed to care. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, you were technically supposed to leave every six months and come back in. On right. Tourist visa. But it was just, like I said, it was, it was, you know, it was like a wild west a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, 
And the newspaper is, it was like WKRP in Cincinnati, but newspaper version. Yeah. You know, it's, we had the, all that just, I'm still waiting for somebody to write the book based on that newspaper. It, it, it wrote itself. You just have to, you know, remember and write it down. What was the paper? It was Prague Post. Prague Post. English language newspaper. Just like crazy characters. And one time there was a fire. We were like on the third floor, I think, or something. And, and there was in the design room where the art director and the designers were, there was like a, a window that led to a roof to a fire escape. And there was a fire in the back of the in the newsroom or somewhere, a small fire. And the managing editor, I forget his name, something Novak. But he like, saw the fire and he just up. He didn't like tell anyone. He just marched on into the design room. Say excuse me to somebody, crawled over their desk, opened the window, went down the fire escape. Didn't tell anyone. Didn't tell anybody there was a fire yeah, going no. up. Just saved myself. That just kind of stuff was like, you know, and everyone just looked at him, just went back to work. That, that was kind of, that was a normal thing, you know. And and the do you feel like the pictures you were allowed to take for them, I've seen some of your pictures from Prague. Yeah. They don't feel like newspaper pictures. They're not, the ones you saw now. Okay. I mean, some of the newspapers... Uh, if you look at the black and white section of my website, maybe a tenth of those are actually for the paper. Okay. Yeah. But Do it you was, feel like you had more freedom there? Oh, yeah. To be a little more artsy? Yeah, I think so. The more, the Kentucky school, I call it. Like back in the photojournalism <laughs> days, the Kentucky school is much more, they would get away with, you know, shouts th through a dirty window of a moving car, you yep. know, some blur and stuff. And my school is much more rigid about, you know, and stuff sure yeah yeah <laughs> i remember in south bend i was i took some like off kilter shots that were you know dutch angles and uh <clears throat> some of the older guys would get really upset with me so one one guy he said i oh, was it so we spent our whole lives trying to make the world straight and you want to make it crooked <laughs> it's like, all right. it's a good line actually <laughs> yeah it's pretty good uh did you feel like you could experiment more i mean did you did you feel like you were actually growing as a photographer over there yeah a little bit was uh, that sort of your your explosive growth spurt if, if you had one uh maybe at first it was it was a step back because i was back in the black and white dark room yeah souping myself like there's no machines yeah and there's an old larger lens that was really dusty and do you hear that kid he used the term soup which is really old school <laughs> right there that, yeah exactly that dates him right there and, and we had and like all the ingredients were we brought in from america like their kodak and they're all in fahrenheit and then everything there in celsius so yeah. you're always doing that calculation and i'm always wrong yeah you know uh so you're cooking a lot of film and um yeah so i was a little bit of a step back for that yeah. but then everything's interesting so i mean in indiana we didn't have castles you know, so yeah, like yeah. sometimes where you, we'd go up to the castle. Well, Prague's a beautiful city anyway. Oh, it's just, amazing. Yeah. And I like routinely, I'd go up to the castle for visiting people and, you know, they'd be there with the president. You know, I was went photographed the Pope up there. He's 20 feet away from me with Havel and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's just, it's weird. They, you know, like, there's 20 of you and they show up, they put you in one room. Everyone's chain smoking. I didn't smoke, but everyone's like nervous. And then like, it's okay. Over here. Like an hour later, you got to go in this room. And, you know, let's hurry up and wait. And then I drag over here. And then, then you know, you get five minutes of these people walking across, uh, you know, the plaza for you. And yeah. that's it. Yeah, you blow through two rolls of film yeah. and you go home. Everyone's like fighting for, you know, elbowing you in the face. And afterwards, you're like, you know, having a beer together. But that was, that was good. I mean, some of those images, I have to go through the archive. Some, yeah. Some are worthwhile. And I'm sure the way I see things now versus how I saw them there, then I, there might be some 
something worth worth seeing. You have all that film? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of newspapers, I've never worked for newspapers back in that day. Did they generally let you keep your film once they pro once you processed it and did whatever you need to do for the actual uh South Bend Tribune archived it, but you could always just go in there and Take it if you snag want. it like what are I, they, they're gonna really miss something from october 27th yeah. or whatever when yeah. i left i went through and picked up all the stuff i really liked and i always made prints for myself i had at, at there i had two boxes one that said work one that said play and my goal was to you know try to get something that went into both okay yeah that was my goal and some things were just you know standard work and some things were unprintable but were fun so you still think that way today uh, you do a shoot? Uh, yeah. I mean, I try to... Get get the thing they want, but get something that's also interesting to you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Depends on what it is. Yeah. But uh, I really, when I moved to London, I really kind of embraced that a little bit more. Like, I won't say I'd stop listening to art directors, but I would, whenever they try to pigeonhole me in something I didn't want to do, like, was one, it was a friend of mine who wanted me to do some like gritty black and white stuff of some actor guy. And I wanted to do more studio portraits for some magazine. And so I, you know, took this guy and I, I was in some hotel room. I had the house plot and a couple lights. And I just did what I wanted to do with studio stuff. And then I took him out in the street and shot him with the, the M6 and some sure. gr gritty black and white. And so when I met the art director, I gave him the studio stuff first. And he was like, wow, this is incredible. He loved him. I was like, here's your backup. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. no one's going to. You gotta, you gotta get what they want, but yeah, if you want to push it somewhere. What else. did he end up using? The studio. Okay. Yeah. So where where the where the portrait thing come in in, in Czech Republic? Uh, I always liked it more in Indiana at the newspaper. It was, oh, okay. It was just more fun talking to people and yeah, that thing. And also, you had a reason to talk to people. I was yeah. super shy before, but once you're, if you're hired to go take this guy's picture, you yeah. go, you meet him, you talk to him. Once you talk to somebody, it's not so scary, and then then you can. You know, take your portrait. I think you and I have that in common where to some extent it's the people and the interest of the people and the talking to the people that is as much fun as the actual taking of the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you think it's true of all portrait photographers? No. <laughs> I've, I've worked beyond the scenes with a lot of different, different things. And some so people, people in front are just not mute. that communicant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always, been interested in people so that, that helped me a lot just in the portrait just getting people to relax and stuff. so b b being an american in prague was an advantage was being an american in london uh, an advantage um a little bit i got to see i don't know if it's the time or i don't think it was just the american but what year was that at the time 2000 okay but at least i could get to see art directors yeah you know, i could call up somebody or email and they would uh, come in on thursday whatever and you know, a few of them were like, oh, it's the American cult. No, yeah. No, I mean, there was other Americans. There was some certainly. distinguishing characteristic. Yeah. So that helped. And I had my last job in Prague was uh, the timeout guide for Prague. Okay. Through a friend of mine wrote it. And I, they hired me to do it. And so when I got to London, I had an in with the timeout people. So I got to start working for them pretty quickly, which saved me. But uh, other than that, it was all kind of, you know, beating the, beating the pavement with my portfolio. Yeah. And how, that, long, how long were you there? Three years. Okay. But that was where the portrait portfolio really started because when I got there, I had the, I had a portfolio made up of clippings from magazines in yeah. Prague. Some of them were heavily art directed, art, art directed. Some were like personal 
So it was really schizophrenic. It was all over the place. And then I had uh, these small black and white uh, five by seven books of the black and white stuff that you saw sure. on the website. So it was even more, you know, disjointed. Yeah. So people didn't know what to make of One One art director actually said, uh, if I need some depressing picture, black and white pictures of old people, I know who to call. Oh, <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> uh, but the one art director, uh, Fiona Hayes, who now does a lot of stuff for Vogue in, in Russia and all over the place. She start, she was working on this magazine called, I think it's called Eve magazine. Okay. Ladies magazine. And they, she hired me to take some portraits of it's a very serious subject, but a bunch of people who've lost their memory, different reasons like brain injury or, not Parkinson's, but the other one, uh, Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, I just, you know, I want Matt Carr portraits. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was like, what, what what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. So I had to go through, because she was looking, she was referencing my black and white book, which is much more reportage. And I was thinking of the more portrait stuff. So I had to go, like, go through those and kind of try to figure out what. What, what did that, she mean? What, what do you meant. think she meant? Uh, just kind of maybe raw, more emotive. Yeah. You know, direct. Yeah. Because uh, what I delivered was very direct. It was all shot with the Leica, black and white. I think maybe even 3,200 <clears throat> tracks. T-Max. T-Max. Um, but kind of, you know, people just right in the camera or, you know, if, if they were, if there was a couple, you know, just in, in their house, in their in their world. Yeah. So yeah. It, it went well. She was very happy and used me again for other stuff. But it was just one of those things where you're like, I, you know, I need to, I need to put a stamp on this. I need to have a portfolio that says what, not only what I do, but what I, what I want to do and who I am, who, I, who, I, who I am. So that's when I started, I did this portfolio of, you know, I think like 20 people that I met on the street or I enlisted some friends. If I saw somebody cool on the street, I'd you know, give them my, a postcard and say, I'd, look, I'd like to take a picture. And success rate was pretty good there. Much better than here. People saying yes, <laughs> and especially I think of at that time. I mean, yeah. I, I have found over the years that um, people are much more reticent to have their picture taken now than they even were 15 years ago. Oh. Probably, yeah. yeah. Just sense. too many cameras, too many. You know, everyone's yeah. taking pictures all this the time. This is all film. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it was, it had a specialness to it, I guess, to right. some extent. Yeah. So I would, you know, meet these people at a location I chose, and with like usually one one light, maybe two. And uh, I usually have a story and like a backstory to go with the image so I could tell them what, what it is so they could at least kind of, you know, give themselves that scene. Sure. And You uh, felt like they were acting at that point? A little bit. Yeah. You because, you know, these were just regular people, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, well, I'm just going to look at you. It's like, no, you, this is, you're looking at me because this, or you're not looking at me. This is, you know, whatever it is. And uh, you still do that? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I don't do as much personal as I should, for sure. Yeah. I mean, compared to you, I don't do anything. Do you, th <laughs> do you think that they're, uh, they're, that your direction you were going in at that time, taking the kind of portraits you claimed you wanted to take, creating the Matt Carr style, as it were, mm -hmm. that, that that dovetailed with where the industry was going? Were you, ta were you taking the kind of pictures the industry was looking for at the time, or were you taking the kind of pictures you wanted to take and hoping that the industry liked it? Yeah, I would, I didn't understand. I probably didn't have an idea what the industry was or 
yeah. or where I was going at the time. I was just trying to take pictures that made sense to me. Yeah. And even to the point where, like, I, the first few, I, I was, sh like, showing my art director friends or different people, and, and they, everyone would say, oh, well, maybe do this or do that. And at the end of the, their spiel, it would always be like, but, you know, do what you think is right kind of thing. Yeah. And after all, I was like, what? Why am I? Why am I even asking? Because in the end, you know, that's they the, want what you. They, they do. always give me ideas that I don't like. Yeah. So I would just then I just stopped showing people, and I made this book, and I, then I showed that around to my art director friends. You know, like then it went, you know, it got taken a little bit more seriously because it was it was a good set of people, good set of you know, it had some similarities in lighting and stuff, and it, it was more cohesive. How do you was, feel about that work now? If you look at it. I still like some of it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's limitation. Because you weren't doing, nowadays, you and I both would stick it in Photoshop and do all of our yeah. stuff to it. That stuff is more raw. So in some ways, it kind of stands up better on its own because it hasn't been, yeah, had a particular time cast put on it. Yeah. I, well, I'd had the time cast of the film, the film, uh, emulsion yes and yeah. uh i i was using a good printer at that time but which was an advantage at the time yeah, yeah. But we weren't going wild with the masking or anything it was very straightforward so yeah it was very very clean yeah but yeah it was i, I still like it i still have I, i've got a small version of downstairs i can show you okay. uh, i extended i added to it when i got here when i got to new york i kept going in that same vein but if you go back to your question about the uh if i was going where the industry is going i think i was going it was going well in london yeah, because the sensibility is a little, a little bit darker, and like yeah. my sense of humor can be a little darker. And um, but when I came to New York, <laughs> you know, I went to Workbook, and I bought out a page in Workbook, which I think was like three thousand dollars. I was like, I'm gonna, you know, gonna hit it hard here. You're like, I'm gonna take to take this town by storm. Yeah, and I had I used this picture of this, this my friend Raymond. So I'm like, I only met him because I wanted to take his picture. Older guy, really gaunt, wearing my suit and my tie with these yellow sunglasses behind him is a, is a row of dead chickens. Yeah. You know, it was a halal butcher. They had to unplug the till so I could plug in the light, you know, kind of thing. It was a five minute shoot. It, that one in a, one of those, uh, it was in the National Gallery in London. One this, oh yeah. It was in the John Coble Award thing. Um, but so that was my image and workbook. And yeah. I get the book and I'm flipping through it and there's just like laughing people on beaches and everyone's beautiful. And then I get to my page, single page, that's all I could afford. And it's just this grim picture of the sky. You know, I, I think it, it might have got some attention. Yeah. But it certainly didn't get any work. Because right. Because it was like, well, this is, I was like, oh, I'm in America again. <laughs> You're like, this is an award-winning portrait. <laughs> yeah. Why are you giving me crap so, about this? Yeah. So, so later I moved to Ad Edge, which they were a little bit more uh, open to that thing. But they wanted to be edgy. And, and, you know, I, that, I'm not sure if that helps either. But Yeah. So I did uh, one of the things they are the uh, workbook they they put you through a uh, like a portfolio review mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's pretty intimidating. Lebra Wild, I think it was her name. She's 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 very good at what she did, but but kind of drill sergeanty. Mm -hmm. You know, I brought in my portfolios and and she's just she's putting was it post notes on, on pages and uh, was it? I forgot how it went. It was like on a lot of them or something like this. And, and at the end, she's like, these are the ones I'd get rid of. <laughs> and I thought it was like, these are the ones she likes. Yeah, but it was, yeah. and, the, and her idea was to mix in the black and white with the portrait yeah. and have it tell the story back and forth, which I did for a while. But I, I got, in the end, I felt like this is, 
again, back to the schizophrenic look. Every, where it's just everybody's chaos. got an idea of, yeah. you know. I mean, she was good and she had a, one of her things that she, that's why I bring her up. One of her things, my portfolio is everyone's so serious and it still, still shows heavily in my work. And I'm not that serious a person. But she was like, take the same, same look and same idea, but try joy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was up, and it took me, you know, years to really do something like that. Yeah. Which was my laughing series of people laughing, which again, even though they're laughing, has a certain dark element to it because they're laughing almost a mania. Yeah. 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 You know, and I just, you know, did the Jill Greenberg kind of lighting and, but I didn't, you know, make children cry. I made yeah. adults laugh. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was, that was one attempt in, uh, so I've lightened it up quite a bit. When, when you show your por portfolio to people and people do that and they say, I, I, I found in my experience, I will show it to two people and somebody will flip through and say, oh, these are really great. I, you should get rid of this one, you know, and yeah. they keep flipping. And then the next person will go through and, oh, these are good. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I love this one. It'll be the same one yeah. the other person told you to remove. Exactly. So at a certain yeah. point, why listen it. to anybody else? Because in the end, you got to make the decision yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's always, I feel like portfolio reviews for getting advice about your portfolio is less useful than potentially meeting people at the portfolio review yeah. rather than actually taking what they say. Yeah, I don't want. You're just sort of opinion. buying access. You're not really buying good yeah. advice. Yeah, I don't want any more opinions. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I yeah. yeah when, when I first got here, I did all the, went to all the magazines and there's one business magazine I dropped off and the woman put out here called me up and. He was going on. I, I got many of these calls before where they say like, oh, it's, it's a little dark and, you know, kind of heavy and, you know, the lighting was cool. And then usually ends up with a, but, you know, I really like, and this, this woman just kept going about how dark and heavy it was and <laughs> disturbing. And, and at the end, she's like, this, my book disturbed her. And it was like, I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. And I was like, I think that this problem might be deeper than my book. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow. Okay. You, know, you affected somebody. Though. Made an image. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember in, in school, like a few times I'd done some wackier stuff in school. And I remember one time I printed a, a black and white image on some color paper. And I was trying to get a tone right, but there was holes in the metal of the developer, or the sure. tray. And it was, the colors were going wacky. And like everything, every time I printed, it was like whatever adjustments I made were counter adjusted by the water leaking into the thing. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I ended up cutting up this image and, um, you know, piecing it together. This is like, it was like suddenly became an art class for me and I was having fun. And I posted that in our, on our board and this one woman, student was like, she looked at it and she like went and changed her major to art. <laughs> She's like, you changed my life. I was like, maybe not for the better because <laughs> it was an art degree. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, like, you know, there's a few moments in my, I sent one guy to rehab and I was in a newspaper. I, I, we did a story 24 hours at this one diner. Yeah. And we all took shifts <clears throat> and I was there late at night and this one guy came in. Uh, what is he? Went up to the counter and there's this large waitress. It was one of those streamlined, you know, the silver sure. diners, classic yeah. one. He went up and he, I think he asked for something like, uh, like eggs and something sexual. I forget what it was. Yeah. And then he just like passed out on the counter. So I've got this shot of this, just the full wide angle with like his head on the counter. He's like and nodded off. Thing. Yeah. And that printed. You know, I probably even got his name. I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. a newspaper. 
And my mom worked at a psych hospital at that time. And uh, she said, like, the Monday after that came out, that guy checked himself in. <laughs> he saw the picture of himself and he was yeah, like, yeah, this he was is a cocaine addict. So he was all hopped up and he just, he went down. So you're changing <laughs> lives. <laughs> but that's true. Sometimes there's been a, quite a few times where like something has affected something else and you yeah. can feel good about that. So how, how did the Getty stuff start? Mm, I always wanted to be on the cover of, uh, of books because I love books. Okay. And I thought, so when I first you, came to- You wanted to be on the cover? You wanted your photographs no, to be me. on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> so I went around to all the publishers and dropped out my book and some people liked it, but, but no one, there was just no jobs. And, and I realized slowly that all the covers were just stock. Yeah, sure. Because there's no trust in that, you know, you'd have yep. to trust somebody to do something. Um, so then I looked into stock and I get into workbook stock was the first one I got into there out of Australia. Okay. Remember them? And then... After that, Photonica, which is like a Japanese one, which is really kind of cool and funky. Got in with them. And then they, I don't know, I forget which one went first, but they, everyone got bought out by Getty, slowly. And so whenever Getty would buy one of them, I would find a secondary one. And you were shooting assignments or you were shooting, uh, all, you were shooting what you wanted to and yeah. sticking it in there? I went back to everyone in my old portfolio and I got model releases. Even from one guy, this one friend of mine who moved to Italy to, to study under some some Buddhist monk. You're like, hey, Jack, I need you to sign yeah. this piece of paper. He, he sent this. Yeah, I totally lost touch. I sent a letter to his house. And then like a year later, it came from some monastery in, in Italy. And on the when you open a letter on the inside fold, it just said, wonders never cease. And it was the flying model release. <laughs> And so, like, all that stuff went into workbook stock. But that was very specific. Some of it was used, but it was, you know, it was a little too specific for stock, sure. I think. And uh, then with Getty, I had an editor, and they would give you briefs of what they needed, which I wasn't always very good at. Like, you know, I would do a, a portrait, and at the end of it, I was like, you know, could you hold this phone and yeah. laugh and look to the left kind of thing. So, you know, I got a lot of stuff in there. But that was fun. Because you could, you didn't have to, never had to deal with the person buying it. Sure. It was just, it was on a shelf. It's it's interesting. I I much prefer to take pictures of someone for someone else rather yes. than for the subject. Oh yeah, for sure. Or even for a magazine or whatever. There's always something, <clears throat> can you do this or that? The stock is like, they just bought it. You know, yeah. They, yeah. You, get in a you get a statement or they don't buy it. And it was Getty, it was kind of like Walmart at the time. It's on the shelf. Yep. So I, mean, I had a picture of, a nice picture. And the rates were better then. Yeah. That now was, you literally make nothing if something gets bought. It was pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, literally for a while there I had a, my, my cat at the time had taken this dump in the, in the litter box and it was like, it was almost like the cat measured it. It was so perfectly in the middle. And so I took a picture with the, with a Hasselblad with a B45 back and with a ring light. It's just a picture of a turd. It was like in stock. So that was kind of fun. Uh, so that was good for a while. But they just, yeah, it was a race to the bottom once, uh, what's that one came in? It's a cheap one. Uh, Shutterstock? Yes. Shutterstock. They're still, they do productions now, though. They're in the city. They have some studio. A friend of mine did some not bad, badly paid job for them recently. Was uh, it, who, who, who was sending you to the film festivals? Oh, that was, it was kind of my one 
business plan that worked out. Because I was working at, uh, I was also doing stuff for Premier Magazine, yeah. movie magazine. I worked for them in Prague. And here I got in doing some stuff with them. So then I, I was also doing assignment work for Getty. Getty is like a multi. It's like an octopus. There's like sure. many different arms. And so I started working assignments for Getty. And uh, <clears throat> so with Premier, I, I thought I got my editor to talk to the, somebody at the entertainment side of Getty thinking that we could join forces and at these film festivals we could you know, do portraits. Yep. And um, somehow they they believed that Premiere could actually bring access. While the, at that time, Premiere was slowly dying yep. by a thousand cuts. And so we we got, I got to do the Toronto Film Festival. I forgot when that started, but it was, they just they brought me in and set up a small studio in a hotel room in the Chanel suite. It's very fancy. So I had to buy some new shoes. Um, and that one just went well. So they invited me to do Sundance. And there's another photographer at the time who worked for uh, Contour, which is their fancier side. You sure. think I'm fancy there. They actually get to build sets. Right. And they have, he had two assistants. And I had myself. But um, nice people. The assistants and that guy was really kind of very helpful. So we got on, you know, we got on well. And then that just kind of, that became, we became sort of a team for at least Sundance and in Toronto, up until the time that Getty realized that I was making fifty percent of the of the profits of all sales of right. those images, so that could have been good. It that was good. good years. Yeah, it was. It was not as good as you know. It's one of those things like you don't know how much because during the week you're just shooting everybody and it's just yeah. like a it's like a tumble dryer. It is funny though that if somebody looks at your portfolio and they see all these famous people, though all of those people could have been taken over the course of six days of your life or something like that. Yeah, well, that was like a good five years. Yeah, so yeah a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, but I, yeah, exactly. It was it was a, a lot, very quick. I because for people who don't understand, you set up, and people are bringing a different person in every ten minutes or something like that. It's, yeah, it's ebbs and flows. It's yeah, weird. it's weird. You're yeah. sitting there. Somebody walks in. You take pictures for a minute and a half, or maybe five minutes, and then they walk off and go to someone else to take pictures or yeah, go or down an the hallway. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be sitting there, you know, just you and your your group. Your editors and whatever, and then suddenly the room fills up, fills full of uh, generally press PR people. Yeah, a bunch of people. Rough, they're always about roughly the same height. It's weird, <laughs> and they would just show up and you know, staring their black blackberries, and no one could know you exist, kind of thing. I'm like, oh, somebody's big coming. It depends on how many people. If it really fills up, you're like, oh, somebody's coming, and then somebody shows up. I'm like, oh, hey. Generally, we had a, a schedule. But a lot of times they would they would go off schedule or somebody would pop in. Are you good with names? If somebody walked in, you'd be like, I know who that guy is. Like, I know that guy's an actor, but I can't put his name. Uh, no, that's terrible. Do you go over and say, hey, I'm Matt? And then they'll go, hi, I'm Tom or whatever. Generally, yeah. <laughs> Robin, I missed Robin Wright. Oh, that was a because big Because I didn't recognize him. Because she was the same height as all the assistants and, you know, <laughs> the same. She, you know, yeah. Everyone looked the same. And I was photographing somebody else big. <laughs> And my editor was like, we got to wrap this one up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I always thought, he's just telling me for that person that was already photographed. Yeah, so you were pushing it as far as you can. Exactly. For those and people who don't waiting. know, a lot of times people say, I have a minute. And if like, you just yeah. keep pushing, I just a couple more, uh, turn this way, let's right. do a couple more. You can get another minute out of them. Or right, yeah. If they're cool with it, yeah. But then I apparently snubbed her, which, and I'm sorry if you're listening. She came <laughs> in and then went out and was just like. Phew. Yeah, she was there. I just didn't, I, just, I mean. Yeah. I'm terrible at that. Do you know who it was that you were shooting instead? See, you don't even remember that person. 
No. Sorry. <laughs> I missed Michael Moore because I was blowing my nose in the hallway. Oh, well, you know. I came back in and uh, the assistant, the other guy's assistant was photographing her with the hotspot with P45 plus back, which was plugged into the computer, which if you understand how those things work, uh, that guy, he, <clears throat> he didn't understand that if you close the, the lid of the laptop. It won't be recording. Won't be recording. So he's doing, he's doing fine. And I go, I come back in and I see he's done that. And I, I think I, I'm not sure if I got it going, tried to get it going, but I, I tapped him on the shoulder. Like I can take over from yeah. here. And Michael Moore's like, don't mess with the photographer. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then this, this assistant guy is a big dude. Semi scary, super sweet guy. But he's like, afterwards, there's a picture on the back of the, of the, on the, on the back. And I'm like a 240 by 180 pixel. Yeah. Which you can't screen you on the can, back. You can take a picture of your phone. And I was like, um, we don't have those photos, man. I'm sorry. And he's like, what do you mean? It's right here. I can see it. I was like, yeah, but it didn't, when you close the laptop, it's gone. And he, oh, he was so pissed. <laughs> Whoops. There's a lot of little goof, like a goose. What, yeah. And the other guy was the contour guy. One day was again with the, I think he was, he must have been shooting an icon or something, but somebody had turned off the raw. Okay. And just he was shooting small JPEGs like all day. And in of, a day when small JPEGs people. on our current cameras are twenty something this megapixels is, still, but this, this is, is back in the day when small JPEG ago. was one point five megapixels yeah. or something. So he he yeah. I, I heard that that happened. I think I just left the room. <laughs> what's the biggest <laughs> screw what's the biggest screw up like that you've ever had? Me directly? Yeah. Uh, I lost well, one job I lost because I I downloaded it on the computer and then I raised the card and then the computer crashed. I had to, you know, call that guy up and go back and I yeah. think it was like some school thing. That was the worst as far as I've, you know, I've done. Never forget to put film in the camera. Yeah, never, sports games. Uh, yeah. Back in the, back in South Bend, Indiana, I was shooting Canon and, but for, for the longer lenses to borrow, I had to shoot Nikon, which is back in the day, manual focus, you had to focus the other way. Mm -hmm. They were kind of, went, yep. yeah. and it was, I was not familiar with the camera and I, I loaded, I thought I loaded the film and this one, a play where the, the guy just ran just straight at me from across the field. It was like beautiful. And I was just burning film. And then I go back and develop it. It just hadn't loaded. <laughs> and, and the guy was like, you fucked up kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. it's like the scene in the movie I heard where you learn your lesson. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody messes up. Uh, switch from film to digital. Was that a big deal for you? Uh, it was painful because I came in London. It was all slide all the time. And then I came here. 35 slide or, or 35. medium format slide? Both. Okay. Both, yeah. Uh, I was doing, I was working for a, a magazine that was all about rural farming and bringing back uh, animals like rare breed yeah. pigs and stuff. And I was doing all, all with the Hasselblad slide. Yeah. Yeah, 500 square. Uh, Hasselblad 500? Yeah, the square. Yeah, yeah the okay. film. Yeah. Oh, is that what that 500 means? Okay, never, never got that. Okay. No, I just mean that. But yeah, those, that, but yeah, the square Hasselblad, not because oh, later you use digital yeah. Hasselblad and you, six, four, five, you, you go yeah. 645. Yeah. yeah, if that. Um, yeah, this is film. But uh, when I came here, then, then the digital really kind of took off. And for a while there, I was shooting film and scanning it quickly. And then yeah. that just looked terrible. So yeah, eventually I got the got a bank loan and got that hotspot with a 
He didn't shoot one. any uh, uh, 20D, 10D, Digital Rebel. One. Did you play with any of that stuff? No. Because my portfolio was built on Hasselblad, on those big. So you just went full in on I a big giant digital system. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't switch and have it portfolio look, not look terrible. So I got that. And then, of course, I started getting reportage jobs. So I had to get Canon yeah, 5D Mark I. For, for those who don't know, the early digitals, especially the medium format digitals like he's talking about are CCD sensors and they only really look good at ISO 50 or ISO 100 it, at the tops. Yeah, 200 was, was pushing yeah. it. Yeah. And so if you're out there shooting normal stuff, you need a different camera. Yeah. So it was a $33,000 investment. But at the time, you're, you're spending that much in film a year. Yeah, but that's $33,000 in the in the mid-aughts. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's 58, I had grand 60 grand vision. then. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing camera though. But, oh, uh, I used that camera. I took yeah. that picture of Nick Curry in that camera. That's a nice camera. Yeah. I will tell you, I opened up that picture of Nick. Yeah. And you know, you and I both shoot very good cameras now. You mm -hmm. know, modern cameras are amazing. Yeah. But I opened up that file and I was like, oh my God. It just... Creamy, right? Yeah. The mm -hmm. skin tones were just exactly right. Yeah, I'm still going through old stuff and retouching stuff. And it's like, wow, it's just, just a different. It looks different. 39 megapixel too. wasn't wasn't even yeah. that giant. You know, but it was 16 bit. That's that's the bits. Yeah, they always camera the coming. Well, well, you the, the the Fuji does 16 bits. Yeah. Well, although I don't think it makes much it? of a difference. Yeah, it's all about the gradations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's I mean, the, the more you can pull that out. But just the, the 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 naturalness of the skin tones was was yeah. noticeable to me. But of course, we were outside in bright sunlight. I was shooting with a flash on top of that. Yeah. When you were saying earlier, when you were in London, you had like you'd bring a light with you or whatever it is. What would you be bringing with you back in the day? Uh, I think I had a Bowens. Something. Okay. Like a little uh, mono light that you put an umbrella on or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Bowens. But something real simple, like small, like that. Yeah. Like 500 watt second kind of. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. But plug in. Probably an umbrella, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, plug in. How'd I do that outside? Good question. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so, so you get your house blood, you're shooting all these fancy, famous people. Yeah. Or the world then. is your oyster. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Making $200 a day stipend. Yeah. Good. Rocking. Were you making a lot on the back end from those pictures, though? Uh, every time somebody does something terrible. I, oh, is that I, usually what it is? Yeah. Um, no, there's, you know, somebody dies. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it depends on them. But yeah, it's still, they still sell, just not for the same money. Now, I'm not going to ask you to, to talk about anybody who was an asshole. <laughs> but were there, was there anybody that was like particularly stood out as like, wow, that person's actually really stand up and re was really sweet? Uh, yeah, I mean, George Clooney does a, an excellent job of, acting like he remembers you from last time. He comes in without an entourage and he's like, hey, how's it going? With this like bright smile. Yep. And the, I've met and him you're a few times. I'm like, wow, George Clooney remembers me. And there's there's no way, no reason for him. But he's like, just super nice guy. Maybe uh, he does remember you. Maybe he's just really good with faces and he's like, he oh does. yeah, that guy was nice to me last like, time at like, Sundance and now yeah. I'm up here. And he's like Bill Clinton, yeah. And um, what's his face? Um, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, I just was good. Yeah, I just did, got him, both him and Clooney. I never got solos of, but I got him in groups. And Johnny Depp was very nice. And just in the fact that, you know, I did a group of six people. He's in there. 
on the way out, he stops and he shakes my hand. He says, he says thank you. I was like, you don't need to do that. But that's, that's very nice. Like, yeah. Just the simple act of Isn't yeah. it funny? Michael Bloomberg, Bloomberg did that with me. And I was just, I was just following this group of students around at the office. And, and he made his new, I got a photo with him. Like his official photographer got a picture of me and Bloomberg, which is pretty funny because I'm 6'2 and he's yeah. not. And also he shot me at the wide angle. And I've got this crazy red beard and I'm dressed like a lumberjack for some reason. Yeah. And it just looks like I'm crushing this small man. It's really, it's really, and I've got the official, you know. Is it crazy how small of a thing though it takes? Just somebody coming and saying thank you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough. Yeah. One time in Prague, there was uh, <clears throat> I was up the castle with a German reporter and a translator. And they were doing an interview with Václav Havel, you know, okay. the former president. And um, <laughs> the translator introduces us and, She's like, introduces Wolfgang, whatever, the writer. And then to me, she goes, and uh, Pan Photograph. It's like Mr. Photograph. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, Mad Car. And I, stood, <laughs> and I walked up to him and shook his hand. It's like, no, not going to make me Pan Photograph. Yeah. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> and yeah. the photographer. It's just like, you're, um, you're like meeting royalty. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, then there's, here's an appliance. Yeah. You know? I, I, I tend to read up on people before I have to go shoot them for editorial stuff. Oh, yeah. Just so I have something other than the weather to talk about. Of course. Yeah. You know, you find out, Oh, you went to school for economics and suddenly you're now a scientist. Like how'd yeah. you end up with economics to biology or whatever it is? Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, well, you know? Yeah. And suddenly they start thinking about something else. And sometimes that softens them up and yeah. And you know, kind of connection. Yeah. People love to talk about this. Yes. Right. Okay. You do the same kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Do you have stock pat things you ask people? Uh, not really, but I'm a good listener. And I, if just, if somebody says something and you have a follow up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, how many people do that in New York? Yeah. <laughs> it is funny though. That if w while you're doing that, you have to, I noticed that one of the things about being very comfortable with say your gear, or your camera is that I can continue a conversation with you while I'm figuring out some problem with my camera or, yeah. or changing settings. I don't have to be like, excuse me for a minute while I figure out the exposure. Yeah. I can shoot, do tests. Oh yeah. Is that true? Uh, you know, you know, right. you're, you're, you're doing it sort right. of actively all at once. And in, in school, the one the main professor is all about pre-visualization pre where like you have this sure. imaging idea before you go in. So you're not like walking in there naked. So yeah. you at least have something to aim for. Yeah. Which I think is super important in that, in that way. Like you're just ready for it. Yeah. My friend, my he kicks you out. My friend Angus, uh, his big thing was, uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. Like yeah. you may not use it, but have some idea going in. Yeah. So at least then you're not walking in completely cold. A little game I used to play with reporters and subjects would be, like uh, reporters, sometimes they, they can get in the habit of stock questions, like sure. you say, and uh, wouldn't necessarily, you know, they have, you know, they're trying to tell this one story. And, and if somebody, you know, says something and there's no follow up, like sometimes there's a follow up question and mm -hmm. they don't ask that. And I would jump in and start asking those questions. Yeah. And I play this little game where see if I could pull the attention away from the reporter yeah. to make it into my my uh, interview and uh it was fun i mean sometimes it worked but then it'd be like eh. was well, a reporter recording anyway so their answers were their answers yeah yeah so that's but, all right i'm being more human about it and being less it depends on the reporter some obviously some reporters are amazing yeah. some some not so good yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing but that was a fun little game because a lot of times especially if they're writing down the eye contact falls apart and if you're there just yep. waiting for your time to take a photograph then you can 
continue the conversation and then it just start people just naturally start talking to the person they're talking to sure yeah yeah because they're nervous too on there maybe a little yeah fun maybe a little assholey game of mine if you're doing uh you tend to i tend to lean more environmental and you tend to lean more studio i think at least in the last few years yeah i try to mix it up but lately when I'm you're outside it. certainly yeah. yeah if you go in and you're shooting somebody inside do you do you imagine most of the time that I have to go in to shoot somebody, I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know what the office looks like. I don't know what their house looks like. I don't know. Is there, I have to sort of on the fly think, okay, we're going to shoot over here. We're going to shoot over there. We're going to shoot over here. I need these. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're more comfortable with chaos in the background than I am. I guess that's my question. Yeah. I can't. I have a hard time with that. I because can't. you do, you want to separate the subject or because you don't want to have to deal with the clutter behind them? It's visual noise. It upsets me. But uh, you somehow do it <laughs> on a deep well. level. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's between me and my therapist. But uh, <clears throat> it's a, I don't know. I think you do well that you kind of make it so it's not so distracting. But uh, do you feel like you? It's not easier, but you get to have more control in a lot of ways in the studio. Yeah. Well, even if you're going into somebody's place and you're bringing lights and you're setting them up, you could yeah. find a blank wall and you could basically make it like it's a studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that or if, that, if there's a background that makes sense to me, then I'll use that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There's that a, that yeah. sometimes can be a problem. Like uh, I've done a few, I did some job for uh, uh, DoorDash and I uh, was just shooting different restaurants for um, like their campaign or something. And the one restaurant we went to, you know, they, always, they, they give you these these images of what they're looking for and yeah. they're always like california yeah. restaurants are beautiful and sun drenched and they sent up sent me and julian my assistant up to hartford into some uh, caribbean restaurant <laughs> enough enough said hartford yeah <laughs> but it was like this it was basically a fast food caribbean place yeah food is great but hole in the wall fluorescent lights probably yeah it wasn't yeah you know and uh i was like ah uh, i called the art truck and i was like what do you expect out of this place you know and so it was you know, I kind of, I did have to take a moment and do some deep breath, breathing and just like try to figure out how I can jam this into the way I see things. You know, we end up doing a lot of top down tabletop shots you know, yeah. using a, a thing. And I, I lean heavily on Julian, who's, who went to art school. Yeah. So he's kind of, he can arrange things well. It has a specific way about him. Yeah. I should interview Julian. That'd be fun. You should. He's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but he's, um. Yeah. So, and then we did like a couple portraits in the one in the kitchen. Kitchen was chaos. I mean, it's just a place that just turns off food. Yeah. So it's not going to be, you know. And you're thinking, no... if I was Bill, where would I perch somebody? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. These weren't, per yeah. But it was, but I'm just, I just say that in yeah. terms of that it was like, uh, like mentally hard for me to like sure. get over that. Like, this is chaos. I, uh, there's no picture here, but you can't to come back and say, oh, there, there was, was no, no picture, picture there. <laughs> I worked with, I remember at the one newspaper in Prague, this, we had this new young guy. We sent him out to do, take some picture and he came back with nothing. He's like, there wasn't anything. He's like, there was, I said, was anyone there at all? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything happened at all? Was it a blank white room like, or? Yeah, go, if you're, an, uh, are you such an artist? You can't, you know, it's like, you never worked again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I did a job. I, 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 I borrowed your assistant for a job out in New Jersey. I don't once. own him. I know. <laughs> but uh, no, I hired, I hired Julian. We went out and, and on the way back, we got uh, Caribbean like jerk chicken. So 
Oh yeah. Very similar to the food it's, that was probably at that place up it's at Harvard. Fun to watch him eat. Yeah. He can. Yeah. Yeah. He's English, <laughs> but he's he'll, like he'll pick the worst American dish possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'll say, you "Americans." Yeah. It's like you're the only one in the last year to order that thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Animal. Uh, nowadays, everything's you know you're you're working. S- smaller battery powered lights. You can, you know, you're much more mobile than you were when you were had to be tethered to a laptop and, and, and all the rest I'm of it. Still tethered to a laptop. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but do you think that you, you think that the, the modernization of the technology has changed how you work at all? I mean, you can work in less light, you, you know, things are sm- smaller overall. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. I mean, it's just having no wires. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little bit more freeing. And also the control you have with digital is, is unbelievable. Yeah. I think that's why the, some people like film a lot because it, it, it answers a lot of questions. Yeah. It takes away some of the choices you exactly, normally have to make. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, I remember seeing some interview with David Lynch who was talking about these old video cameras they loved because like, you know, the blacks would just fall apart and just be black. And yeah. There's, there's mystery in that and all the stuff. And these new cameras are too... You know, too good. But, but it was, you know, it was more about the grading, whatever. Like if you had a, you could just tell the cinematographer, make that black go black. Yeah. You just you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather have the, the what we have now than what we had before. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and how often do you actually pick up a film camera and shoot film? I shot some Polaroid last week. That's oh yeah, fun. yeah. Is it working in your new SX seventy? Uh, I got six shots out of ten that worked. The other four didn't come out at all? Uh, yeah, the last four or three, just, just some guy, one got stuck, and I'm not sure if this camera, I might bring it in. You think it was a camera fault, or do you think it was the film dead? Film is newish. Okay. But I don't know. I'm, I'm tempted to bring it into that Brooklyn place. Is that, is that uh, the fun you see going forward, is, is going backwards, as it were? Mm, I want to play with a little bit. I bought some film for the, the M6 for this, uh, for this prog check trip coming up. Yeah. That's more for Emma. See if she likes it. Because uh, you're gonna let her shoot it. Yeah, she can work the rangefinder. I just set it up for. Her. Yeah, she's got to pull her too. But I'd rather get her off on a film. So. I like you're giving your fairly young daughter a <laughs> camera that most people in Brooklyn would drool over to play with. <laughs> Here you go, my first camera, like an M6. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> the first camera is a smaller Leica that actually Julian gave her. This little thing he got years ago. He thought Emma should have a good like. What were the weird ones? The little, uh, the CLs? You know, the ones that were I've, made by Minolta or whatever? Yeah, with 40 millimeter? Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted one of those, yeah. I'm sure you could get one now. Yeah, they're still, like, worth money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I, I don't, you know, whenever I shoot film, it's always, at the end of the day, it's, you know, develop it, then it's, like, not as good as the digital. You get a scan and then you're like, I could have just taken this with digital and made it look yeah. like this if I really wanted it to. But it's nice to have the little magic again, just waiting for the stuff to come out. Yeah. And, you know, on Instagram, you see some film shooters and there's always some kind of crazy colors coming in. It's like, yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. 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 Give it a whack. Yeah. But, That's why I take those overlays and I give them to you. Yeah. <laughs> those are good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, those make me crazy. You never know when to stop. Right. That's the yeah. problem. You got to. You just keep going, and then five minutes later, you come back and look at it, you're like, whoa, way <laughs> over here. Exactly. Where's the image now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Matt. This was fun. Sure. Did you get everything? I don't know. We'll find out when I go and edit it down. <laughs> edit it down. That's the part where you make me look like a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye. Bye.